Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of transposition of great vessels found under the cardiovascular section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A neonatal boy is born to a 38-year-old mother with gestational diabetes. He seems to be tolerating feeds. However, in the first few days of life, his mother notices that his lips turn blue whenever he cries. It resolves when he stops crying. On physical exam, the physician notes central cyanosis while crying. The physician puts him in a knee-to-chest position without any effect. Echocardiography is obtained, and he is found with a large ventricular septal defect and transposition of the great vessels. Let's continue with an introduction to transposition of the great vessels. Clinically, this is defined as a congenital heart defect in which the aorta leaves the right ventricle and the pulmonary trunk leaves the left ventricle, resulting in the complete separation of the systemic and pulmonary circulations. In terms of the etiology, this is likely due to failure of neural crest cells to migrate. With regards to the pathogenesis, the failure of the aortic pulmonary septum to spiral results in complete separation of the systemic and pulmonary circulations. Infants survive only if a shunt between the two circulations exists to mix oxygenated blood into the systemic circulation. This shunt can occur through a patent ductus arteriosus, a ventricular septal defect, an atrial septal defect, or a patent foraminal valley. Conditions that are associated include ventricular septal defect and coarctation of the aorta. Demographically, this affects males more often than females. It presents at birth and it is the most common cyanotic lesion presenting immediately after birth. Risk factors include maternal diabetes, maternal smoking, and advanced maternal age. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms include early and progressive cyanosis that does not correct with oxygen, and there may also be signs of heart failure, such as tachypnea, sweating, and poor feeding. On cardiac exam, one may note a loud and single S2 heart sound, they may have a soft systolic ejection murmur, and they may have a harsh holosystolic murmur if the patient has a ventricular septal defect. One may also note central cyanosis. In terms of further imaging, radiography is indicated for all patients. Views should be of the chest. Specific findings may include cardiomegaly as well as an egg on a string appearance, which is due to a narrowed mediastinum. Echocardiography is indicated as a diagnostic test, Remember that this is the most specific test. Findings may include the pulmonary trunk arising from the left ventricle, as well as the aorta arising from the right ventricle. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about tetralogy of Fallot, with distinguishing factors being that there will be tetspells or cyanosis that is resolved when placed into the knee-chest position. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on clinical presentation and echocardiography. In some cases, Patients may be diagnosed prenatally with fetal echocardiography. With regards to treatment, medical options include prostaglandin E1. This is indicated for all neonates. Its mechanism of action is that it maintains a patent ductus arteriosus for adequate lower extremity perfusion. Operative options include a balloon atrial septostomy, also known as a rash kind procedure. This is indicated for all patients and it is performed for temporary mixing prior to definitive surgical repair. 
Another option is an arterial switch surgical repair. This is indicated for all patients as definitive treatment. It is commonly performed in the first month of life. Complications related to transposition of the great vessels includes heart failure and sudden cardiac death. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that infants experience severe cyanosis and tachypnea as the ductus arteriosus closes in the newborn period, and patients with large VSDs may not present with severe cyanosis. They may only have cyanosis when the patient cries or feeds due to increased oxygen needs with activity. That's all for this review about transposition of the great vessels. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.